are listening to KPCR 101.9 FM in Santa Cruz. This is Salt Lake Dirt with Kyler Bingham. We are still doing some coverage of FilmQuest, um, such an incredible festival. I it's, it's over now, but we had such an incredible time up there. I met so many people, and um, there were so many more people that... You know, the path, it just didn't align. So I'm super happy we are talking to uh, another filmmaker today. Ryan Coldry is with us to talk about his film, You Have Reached Your Destiny. Better to have you on, Ryan. Thanks for being here. Thanks for having me, Kyler. Greatly appreciate yeah. it. Also, congrats on saying my name correctly. The first person I know in a long time who, does, who oh, did it right. That, that's great. Awesome. Well, thank you. Yeah, that makes, I'll me, take it. That makes me happy. Works. Yeah. Yeah, so tell us, about, tell us about the film, and then we can maybe talk about the festival a bit since you were out there in person as well. Um, sure. Uh, you appreciate your destination is a little four minutes short. It played the um, Thursday Midnight Madness section at uh, Film Quest this year, which was a uh, big, big old, big old dream come true. Wasn't anticipating that kind of <laughs> that, but that programming slot or the festival because it was my first time at Film Quest. Um, it's a little four minutes short. Um, kind of bit of a spooky, uh, kind of like spooky ish. I wouldn't say it's like terrifying or anything like that. But uh, we had a little fun with it um, and um, shot it for like one of those one of those films where you like we shot it for next to nothing. But mm-hmm. like most of the money when most of the money we had put into like the uh, the prosthetic effects, um, which are only there briefly. But that's just, that's usually the case. And I actually cast my neighbors um, <laughs> really? in the roles. Um, the main guy in it, he uh, he usually works in greens on films. He's a, he's a greens person on film sets um, and his daughter um zoe um who has a a key role in the film we can say um she had never been on camera for anything before but Mm. i know them well we get along well and they were game to go so yeah it was a it was a fun little thing we shot it in about a half a day oh wow very quick very quick um zoe was wrapped in about an hour and a half um and most of the other time was just greg getting into prosthetics (laughs) very cool yeah how did the how did the idea come to you? I mean, we don't want to spoil it for for the audience, but it is it, I really enjoyed it. It was very cool. And I just was it kind of felt like a dream. I was wondering how that the the idea came to you. Um the the it originally came from me like the very first piece of it came when I saw a piece of graffiti in the city. Um and it wasn't even a piece of graffiti I saw personally. A friend took a picture and posted it in like their Instagram story or whatever. And I was like, huh, s- screenshot that. I just, the image spoke to me, so I saved her later. And it was one of those things where it's like um, filmmakers, we all have like a billion ideas running through our heads all the time. And for me, the way I like to kind of like whittle things down a bit is rather than like deep dive into everything as soon as it comes to mind, I just kind of like write like one sentence down and then see if I'm still thinking about it two months later. I think, and this was one of those where I just couldn't stop thinking and like iterating on it. Um, so that piece of graffiti, I just kept going back to it and looking at it. Um, that was like the main part of it. But like I th- in retrospect, once it was done, I was like, there was probably a bit of like Junji Ito inspiration in there as well from like, um, I think it's called uh, The Hanging Balloons, mm-hmm. one of his, uh, one of his um, comics. Um, and maybe Stephen King's uh, like novella Levitation um, put those together with that creepy, creepy graffiti. It was really creepy. It's like this little girl with like no pupils in her eyes holding like four balloons. Just like it was re- it's really creepy. It's really creepy graffiti. Um, 
And like, I just kind of percolated on that for a bit. And then I knew that if I had the idea I wanted to cast my neighbors because I'm like, they're right there. And I think Zoe would be good in this. Like, she's not a creepy child. She's very bubbly and very, <laughs> <laughs> but um, I thought she'd be good in it. And um, just, I knew that the main thing was I wanted to keep it so that knowing Zoe had no like on-camera experience, I wanted to keep things as like light for her as possible, like ask as little as possible and make it so that um, if there was any difficulties working with her, that I could uh, probably work my way around it. Um, I've had worked with kids a bunch of times before in the past, and it varies in terms of how easy they are to work with on camera. Just kind of like similar to with adults, even for professional actors as well, like it varies. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, so I was prepared and it worked out like, yeah, so. Well, yeah, I mean, so I didn't get the chance to see it with with an audience. Um I, I loved it, but tell me about the experience at Film Quest, like screening it in that midnight block. I always, when I, whenever I've gone to midnight, midnight showings of you know anything at a festival, it it, it has a really cool energy that is um, very cool to experience. If anyone ever has the chance to, I think it's just especially at a cool film festival like Film Quest. But tell us about the experience uh, screening it with this particular audience dream come true i didn't really know what to expect um because with a minute with any new festival you don't really know what to expect when you go there and i'd heard a lot of good things about film quest but it was still like you know it's a hop skip and a jump away because i'm in toronto canada so it's mm -hmm. a bit of a hike but decided i'm like gonna do film because we're gonna do the whole thing so i came i missed the first day but came on the friday for the rest of it and after i'd arrived people we do the thing we're like oh when's your film screen when's your film screen people would say when i say like oh we're screening the thursday midnight madness section they're like oh really because like they've been before i'm just like i'm like that's a good thing because you don't know because midnight yeah. man is like maybe no one shows up sure maybe sure. everyone shows up and then i started hearing more about it from the festival runners jonathan and jonna and, and team and talking about like how it's gonna be like a lock-in and there's like food and people like it because it's an event and like it sells out every time as well and it's like oh it was, the hype was growing the hype was growing and then um shortly before in the previous screening jonathan said like guys indulge me i might play a film you've seen before um but just indulge me and so what he did was he played his film uh -huh. like like the first film like the midnight madness goes on first film is like his film which was like a masters of the universe um not parody just like like his own piece of it like uh starring his wife emily as well and like it was really good really fun the very next film he plays was mine so it's <laughs> kind of like kind of like opening it uh opening midnight madness and um they don't they don't tell you the order of things beforehand so it just oh, it just pops wow. up on screen and i'm just like oh oh crap um you sure you don't <laughs> want to start with something else um because this was also the first time i'd seen it with an audience oh, wow. um so like aside like aside from like private screening like at home to like one person at a time um so terrified um but then like uh there's a part like after I don't, I'm not sure how much you want to go into spoilers because it's, it's four minutes, so it's hard to talk about. Like, yeah, it's all, I mean, whether, up to, totally whether up to it matters. You. Up to you. Okay, yeah, I'll, I'll keep it a little bit. Uh, but like, when he turns down the alley and sees what he sees, and then like a balloon appears next to him, mm -hmm. the audience starts like, like laughing audibly more and more. And then when he like kind of like, I kind of spoil things with like you know with levitation with stuff. So he rises up. Yeah, and it, and like when that happens, like it's kind of sound like everyone around me was like kind of losing their minds a bit. And I was just like, "Oh, thank God! Oh, thank God! <laughs> it's, it's working! Um, it's working! <laughs> it's working!" Well, because you don't know, you don't yeah. know. Um, and then there's so there's like 
point being is like uh, everyone kind of like laughed really where I hope they would. And they said like, you know, oh crap, or, you know, alternate words where I hope they would as well. (laughs) So like, it was, it was really, really something I was really felt, felt like a real privilege to have been able to screen that, 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 uh, in that, in that short block and that early in the block as well. So yeah, yeah, it was, uh, yeah, great. Good, good for my heart. (laughs) Oh, like that's one open it up for me as well. So that's wonderful, especially like, and that does sound nerve wracking, like seeing it with a, with a, with an audience for the first time. And, you know, I, I think that's a pretty common experience where it's like, is this, is this going to work? Is this not like, I don't know. And, and you're with a bunch of real, you know, mostly strangers, people you've kind of like been t- chatting with a bit, but ultimately there's a group of strangers. I don't here. know them. Yeah. They're all, yeah. they're all new friends and like with comedy and horror um in part those two in particular um you really know if it's working or not based on the crowd generally speaking because like sure. different crowds in different parts of the world do react differently to things and they have different ways of showing their emotions but a north american crowd generally if it's funny you're going to hear laughter and if they're scared they're going to yell or if they're like rooting for something they're going to especially in a midnight screening mm-hmm. when you as soon as you go to like something that's called midnight madness yeah. like you've pre <laughs> you've pre-primed an audience like so they know they're allowed to mm-hmm. be loud um to say like oh yeah kill that one you know like <laughs> they're it's okay um so like when you know that's possible and you're you you know i've been in situations with other films sometimes where things don't hit where you kind of want them to and then things hit where you didn't expect them to and you're like it wasn't really meant to be funny do i want to edit that one for the next screening <laughs> um but in this case like it was yeah it was something else where it's just like kind of like be in that audience who I'd been around with for a few days, but like everyone's new to me. Like there were a few Canadians there, but no one else from Toronto. Um, so like it it was, yeah, it was wild. So it's going to be hard to top. I'm, I, I hope we can try to top it, but like, if we don't, that's okay. This was pretty, pretty darn good. Pretty up there. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Uh, when did you first become interested in filmmaking? When did you kind of get the bug to start making your own films? The bug probably like I I didn't go to film school. Um, I didn't grow like I, I hear so many stories and I kind of wish I was like that person who when they were a kid was like, yeah, all I wanted to do was like, make, make movies with my parents VHS. I really didn't. Um, I For me, it was I was I did photography in college um, and this was just not to give away my age, but back in the film darkroom days. Um, so I remember darkrooms. I don't miss them. Um, <laughs> they're fine, but. No, I don't miss them. Um, so like, but then there was a large gap after school for me. Um, and then I moved, I, I moved cities. I born and raised in Montreal, went to school in Montreal, and then I moved to Toronto. Um, and a few years into that, I was like, man, I really don't want to be doing what I'm doing for the rest of my life. I, I really enjoy photography back in the day. Like I did a lot of like weird stuff in the dark. I would use multiple enlargers to combine images together, put like my cat's eyeball in like the walls of a subway and stuff, but not in Photoshop with the enlargers. Um, so I'm like, let's get back into this. So I got some, I bought a camera and then the second camera I bought was a, like a few years later was one that had the first ones that had video of capabilities, a Nikon D90, I think, um, really bad video features, but it had video and we started filming stuff and some friends asked me, Hey, you want a DOP in Canada? We say DOP, uh, you want a DOP or be a cinematographer for a short film? Like they said DOP. I'm like, sure. But what's that mean? <laughs> what does that mean? And um, we, as I said, yeah, sure. We bought, brought together a couple other cameras and we filmed the thing. And it was like, 
I don't think anyone's ever seen it, but that kind of started it. Um, shortly thereafter, I started filming some things for other friends, like sci-fi web series and stuff like that. And it hit a point where I wanted, I really was kind of getting, I was having a good time, but also getting frustrated with the way things were being done sometimes. I'm like, man, I think, I'm not sure if I could do it better, but I'd like to try. Mm-hmm. Um, so I said, well, I'm going to film my own thing. I'm going to direct my own thing. Um, and I kind of went at it backwards because the first thing I wrote and directed was a feature film that we then went and shot. Um, so I filmed a feature film for, uh, and it was an adaptation of a graphic novel called Snow. Um, not horror, not genre, straight drama. Someone does get murdered in it, but still not a horror movie. Um, so we filmed that, and that kind of like really let me, like, I mean, you direct a feature, it'll it'll have that effect where you just kind of keep going for it. And from that point on, it's been like nonstop. And a few years after that, I saw... Like I've, I, I generally, I like every movie. Like I like everything. Um, very few movies don't get a heart from me on Letterboxd. Yeah, um, yeah. No such thing as a bad movie. Um, but a few years into that, um, I saw a movie called Raw um, by a director called Gilles de Cournot, um, French director uh, at TIFF's Midnight Madness. Um, and that film in particular, I walked out of the theater and I think I said out loud, this is what I need to be doing. And it was like an instant pivot. I'm like, to genre from like literally walking out of um, the Ryerson Theater in Toronto, three o'clock in the morning, um, Julia Tocorno having just seen the film, but like, which was kind of embarrassing because a couple of people passed out and they had to call ambulances wow. uh, during the film. Um, and I understand why actually. Um, but like, yeah, walking out of that actually caused a, like a 180 degree turn for me. So that's kind of like in the nutshell. So started GOPing, got frustrated, did my own thing, watched some like it's definitely not new French extremity, but it's some French horror. Um, and here I am now making weird, weird, weird horror. Like I wouldn't say like anything I've done is like terrifying, but it is genre. So, yeah, no, that's that's so cool. And I could I totally relate. I went to college for photography, still photography back mm. with the dark room days. So I was oh, like, day. this is like this is like 99, 2000, 2001. Yeah, yeah. When I was doing that. So um, I get I, I get what you mean. It's um, and I feel like that training just really, especially when you're doing film, still, you know, photography and, and dark room stuff, it really does slow you down it forces you you're forced to slow down in a lot mm-hmm. of ways you don't get that immediate reaction so i think in, in in so many ways filmmakers who start down that path have a tremendous advantage because they their their sensibilities their how they see things is just in in a way that i think is different you know it, it's just, it's just different not better or worse it's different than mm-hmm. than how younger filmmakers approach things so i think uh, you know in, in my opinion i think that it's a huge huge advantage and you know i don't miss the chemicals myself you know getting <laughs> the smell i don't either like even like i don't like one thing i do because with you have reached your destination like you know it's the framing of it it's like a four by three framing calls back to another time but it's also heavily layered with grain like so much grain i wanted it to be like as chunky as possible we shot it in like 4k on an atomos raw system mm-hmm. Um, like I do really love the look of film. Um, I'm just not a purist as to how I get there. Um, I haven't, I do not care how you get there. You want to use film, go for it. Um, but like, I know that I like to be able to kind of tune that and like put more or less depending on the scenes. And 
I like having that that amount of control of things. Um, which you know, to each their own. Because sometimes it's fun to not have that control and to like develop the film and be like, yeah. "Do we get the shot?" Yeah. You know, um, there's pros and cons to all of it. So, like you said, it's not better or worse. It does. It did force us back, like us oldies, back in the day to look <laughs> at things differently. Because you could take thirty. Well, we used to get like the thirty-six picture rolls, mm-hmm. not the twenty-four. And if you loaded in a dark room, you might get thirty-seven or thirty-eight shots. Yeah. Um. So we always did that, and like you were forced to kind of just like kind of take your time, and then. Doing other weird stuff like you ever you ever try solarizing your negatives? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like where you like open it up in like middle middle of the yeah. elements, and you're like, you don't it's know it's going to ruin happen. it, but you don't know it's going to happen. So you can still yeah. take. There's still ways of taking chances, and like all, I'm more willing to take chances. I think um, in the actual active act of filming and and the process of things and the directing of things rather than the technical materials i'd rather not leave that to chance as little as possible i mean there's always already a much too much of a risk of like a memory card dying yeah no so i mean and you know i've had that happen i think like and and ultimately you know you you are making the piece for yourself but you know you're also making it for an audience you want people to see it and you know most audiences they don't care how you got to where you got like if the thing sucks <laughs> that's all they're it gonna sucks. Yeah, it doesn't about. really matter either way yeah. yeah so i think it i think it's a healthy approach to you know and i think we like in a lot of a lot of filmmakers have got to that point like you know i'm all for the purist i love that you know everyone has their place everyone has uh there's room for everybody but i think not being so rigid necessarily can really you know make it a better film make you think of you know concepts that you may not have thought about before and uh you know going back to what you said about i love like you you wrote down an idea you saw you had a visual image of something this piece of graffiti and you let it percolate it's going there and it kept coming back to you so it's like you know that shows that it had value it stuck with you. Mm-hmm. It wasn't just like you wrote, you wrote it down. I'll take notes sometimes. And I'm like, I have no idea what this meant. Uh, and then sometimes I don't take a note. And then months later, uh, the idea is kind of still in there. So mm-hmm. it it is always really interesting for me to hear about how different filmmakers, how they approach things and, you know, how they get an idea. And um, I do love, I, I love the idea of, of kind of having that concept, like sit with you and um, develop over time. It's, it's so cool uh where can people follow you online are there any social media platforms you want to plug or a website or uh, any films online that are available for people to to check out uh every film i've ever done except the one except this one is uh on my youtube um so youtube.com slash ryan coldry um which is you know if you know how to spell my name that, that works um yeah. and um uh, instagram is rye coldry ry coldry other than that, I I don't really. Who does anyone use Twitter anymore? Um, really, everyone I talk to really. on this, it's funny. Like I, I talk to a lot of filmmakers and authors and stuff, and it, it's kind of like the evolution. I get to see like time and again people just say, "Oh, I'm really only on Instagram right now." So that's been like the last few months. That's what I'm hearing. Mm-hmm. And then you know people don't really mention Twitter, or if they do, it's kind yeah. of like, "Sorry, I'm on Twitter." <laughs> there you go i mean like yeah i mean instagram is probably the main thing youtube i mean i don't i'm not a vlogger so it's like you know two things a year kind of thing um except i did do a horror film that was pretending to be like a diy youtuber vlog 
that um enough people watch like the first 30 seconds and they turn it off because like yeah i don't watch horror i don't watch youtube vlogs i'm like no 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 i'm lying to you it's actually a horror movie just give it another minute <laughs> please just watch the damn thing um apparently it was I, people say, you should do this i'm like i really don't want to um it's fine for some people to do it. it's just not sure good. but um youtube um i twitch stream occasionally mm -hmm. but like i nothing nothing genre related it's like really old video games where i'm building gundams uh, <laughs> i built a lot of I built, I built a lot of plastic models lately but otherwise yeah instagram and youtube would be the main main things and probably everything's on youtube as well including the feature film um, that i did which if you can get past the first five minutes you might survive um i probably should have cut that first i probably should have cut that very first scene it probably wasn't needed um but like if you can get past that it's a very kind of like a like kind of like a, it's, it's it's a drama like a bit melodramatic at times and it's like it's all about gentrification and like books um someone dies in it you know there's a, a murder mystery of sorts it's it, it's it. it's a fun thing i'm still very proud of it for the first thing we did um, but what's ideally what's, what's the title of that of the feature snow just snow. snow really easy okay. to google just snow um but like you know hopefully in the next like year or three there'll be some feature stuff that's you know much bloodier coming out we'll see nice i'm excited we'll I'll have links to to these you know to youtube and instagram so people can easily find your work and um ryan this is fun i'm glad we got to connect and i'm glad you had a great time at, at film quest anything you want to say as we finish up today um what i just just uh I, I mean, I try. I've been doing a better job of following my own advice in the last little while, and it's done me well. Um, by virtue of not really doing anything for me, but it's just be as much of a hype man, hype woman, hype person as you can for everyone. Because mm -hmm. um, you know, like it's easy enough to get a bit a bit envious or even jealous of like other people's successes, but you know, in the end, it's like just support your pals, support new pals. And uh, before going back to the thing, is no such thing as a bad movie. And if you don't like it, man, they still made it. Yeah. It says something, you know, like how hard is it to make a movie? It's very hard. So like kudos to everyone who actually gets it done. Um, and good job on not making something for literally everyone. Make it for yourself first and then other people will like it too. Yeah. You'll find, you'll find your audience. I, I'm a firm believer in that. Ryan, thank you so much, everybody. Again, the film is you have reached your destination and uh, we'll have links to where people can see the older films and follow your work. Ryan, thank you so much for being here today. Thank you for having me, Kyle.